Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be with you tonight. Um, On this particular Sunday in our church calendar, um, some of you may be familiar with this term, it's called Rogation Sunday. And this word rogation comes from a Latin word meaning to ask. And so Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week are called Rogation Days, and they're set aside for prayer and for fasting leading up to Thursday, which is Ascension Day. And so the Book of Common Prayer says this, Rogation days are the three days preceding Ascension Day, especially devoted to asking for God's blessing on agriculture and on industry. So that's interesting because it's actually a pretty good parallel with our passage today. Because our passage today is talking about viticulture, which is just a branch of horticulture, uh, specifically devoted to cultivating and harvesting grapes. So this agricultural passage passage actually connects quite well with this terminology, Rogation Day, and what it means in our church calendar. And so within this passage, um, you have these images of the vine dresser and the vine and the branches. But the word that I want to hone in on, which is probably quite obvious, is that of abiding. And abiding is one of those themes I think that we all can agree in Scripture. It's pretty easy to pull that word out and name that this is something of importance. It's a very, very thematic, a very common theme. I remember, I've said this before years ago in a homily, but I remember in middle school going on a middle school girls retreat and the theme was abiding. And I remember we had a dark purple long sleeve t-shirt and in pink and white scripty font it said abide. And I loved that shirt. I don't remember anything about the <laughs> conference. But I remember the t-shirt. This theme of abiding, it is, there is something of importance for us, but it's also something that I think we've all experienced in very different ways. And so because of this, I thought, you know what? This word has so much to it. And based on where we are in our different seasons of life, it means something probably a little bit different to each of us. And so a couple weeks ago, I reached out to some of you. Uh, via email, and I just asked this question. I just said, what does it mean to abide in the true vine of Jesus? And so without attaching any names to these responses, I just want to share with you a few of those responses to maybe help give you a better idea of what abiding can look like. So one person said, over time, abiding has taken on a more effectively desperate tone, something I'm driven to do because I know from experience what terrible choices I make when I rely on my own resources. Someone else said, abiding is deeply, a deeply relational and personal experience. Another said, abiding means to live alongside and be dependent upon. Another said, abiding in Christ is following his example by sacrificing yourself for the sake of others. A more outward movement to that one. Abiding looks like choosing to give my best without any expectation of a particular outcome. To abide feels like being at home somewhere, or maybe more specifically in this case, with someone. And then lastly, someone else actually gave a practice, a breath practice.
prayer practice that we can use, something that they used when they thought about abiding. And it just goes like this. You inhale, God is, and you exhale, with me. Inhale, God is, exhale, with me. A beautiful picture of abiding. And so through these responses, paired with my own study of this topic over the past few weeks, I just pulled out four things that I think are really important to remember when it comes to abiding, four truths about abiding. And the first one is this, that abiding requires dependence. So I was not here on Good Shepherd Sunday, but I went back and listened to um, Father Jake Stum's homily. Some of you are probably here for that. And I just remember when he was talking about the Good Shepherd, he said, thinking of um, Psalm 23, he said, the sheep just wake up and they know that they have what they need for the day. They do not want. They just go. They just move. And they trust in the shepherd. And I feel like this image here today about the vine and the branches is actually reminiscent of this good shepherd image because is it not the same thing at play? That the the branch just is connected to the vine. The branch doesn't worry about anything else but just staying connected to, remaining in the vine, knowing that the vine and the vine dresser are going to be the ones to bring about the good work. In our passage today in verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And something I came back to over and over in preparation for today that was so freeing to me was just a very simple truth. That our work is not to produce, our work is to abide. Our work is not to produce, it is to abide. abide. But when we live in such a society of production, of achievement, of, hey, look what I did or look what I have to show for myself to prove my worth, dependence and helplessness connotes weakness, right? And we are not living in a society where it is popular to be weak. We don't tend to do well with feeling weak. So I think what happens is sometimes we seek to create or to produce on our own, often with really good intentions. So maybe this situation needs a little bit of help. Maybe I'll just just step in and see if I can add some value. Or maybe this person has something in their life that seems like it needs some correcting. So maybe even in a gentle and humble way, let me try to step in and see if I can, can help redirect this person. Beth Moore, wrote a book a few years ago called Chasing Vines. And she studied viticulture, this cultivating and harvesting of grapes for months and months and months because she'd gone on this trip to Italy and she was just enamored with this concept. And she actually talks about this, about stepping in and trying to produce or create of your own will or of your own accord. And she was talking about her husband who, if you know anything about her story, she and her husband both came from pretty rough upbringings. And so, for lack of better words, her husband Keith was a little rough around the edges, and he um, liked to use profanity quite a bit. So she said in her book, she says, for instance, my attempt to nip his profanity in the bud only made it grow into a veritable sequoia, (laughs) which some of you might be able to relate to this topic. You see something, you want to fix it, you want to help it, and it just makes it worse, right? Because good intentions don't produce good fruit all the time. Abiding in the vine is what produces good fruit. 
We are so utterly helpless to do anything of lasting value in the kingdom of God without Jesus, our true vine. So abiding requires dependence. The second thing I noticed is that, quite obviously, abiding produces fruit. But what kind of fruit? We probably, most naturally, our minds will go to the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All good fruit. But also in our passage from 1 Peter that Trey read, I want to read just a little bit of it again, and I'll, I'll just emphasize what I hear as good fruit that Peter's talking about as well. He says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, a reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind, seeking peace, pursuing peace, all good fruit. An abiding life will have these qualities, not of its own will or desire, but out of its willingness and obedience to abide, to remain in the vine. So I think it's important to just pause here and ask ourselves, are our lives producing any of these? Is your life producing any of these? Is my life producing any of these? It can be really difficult to face the reality that our lives may not be particularly fruitful. Maybe just in general, maybe in particular seasons of our life. But if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm just not really sure what the good fruit is being born out in my life right now. then maybe ask yourself a, a second question. Are you abiding or are you seeking to produce fruit of your own will and of your own accord? Because I know it's true in my life. Perhaps we've gotten confused along the way about what our true work is. Not to produce, but to just abide. So abiding requires dependence, and abiding produces fruit. I also believe that abiding is reciprocal. And it's reciprocal because it's relational, as someone mentioned in their emailed response. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. He says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. And what I love about this reciprocity is that if you think about it, if you're abiding in the vine, then what did the passage say that the vine dresser is tending, is pruning, is caring for the vine and the branches. So abiding in the vine begets the tending, the being cared for, the pruning. And then the tending begets abiding, right? The tending, the pruning, the care, the being cared for may not feel good, but if you trust in the vine dresser and in his goodness and in his loving kindness, then it, then it helps you stay. It helps you continue to abide. So abiding begets the tending and the tending begets the abiding and you have this beautiful reciprocal cycle that's happening there.
There's also an element of surrender to this abiding work. We have to surrender to the work of the vine dresser, this pruning, this tending, regardless of how it feels. And that is not an easy thing to do. So abiding is reciprocal. And lastly, abiding has missional implications. Jesus says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So he's saying, if you bear fruit, then you're known to be my disciples. So really, the cycle would be, if you abide, then you bear fruit, and then people know that you are my disciples. This made me think back of two, of two chapters earlier to John 13, where Jesus says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So a few chapters over, Jesus says, if you love one another, that's how people will know that you belong to me. And then now in our passage today, two chapters later, he says, if you're bearing good fruit, that's how people will know that you belong to me. So automatically we can make the connection that love is one of these fruits that is born in us when we abide in the vine that is Jesus. And we all know that that fruit born in our lives, but also in a very just practical sense, is born for the sake of others, is produced for the sake of others. I think of a, a blueberry bush, for example. It doesn't just produce blueberries and sit there and say, look at all these blueberries I've produced. People pick them and they eat them, right? The fruit born in our lives is not just for us to look at and say, wow, thank you, Lord, for producing this fruit. That's part of it, but also for others in our lives to experience that fruit. It's naturally going to influence everyone that we're encountering on a day-to-day basis. And maybe even the fruit born in our lives gives us a right to be heard when it comes to telling others about Jesus, about the gospel, about his good news. Because who's going to want to listen to this news that is characterized by all this good fruit if we don't have that good fruit in our lives, right? It just doesn't make sense. So abiding begets the fruit, and the fruit begets allowing others to know that we are disciples of Jesus and giving us a better chance to witness, to bear witness to these people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. What commandments? I think automatically, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. So abiding looks like keeping those commandments. Abiding looks like loving God and loving your neighbor. If you want just a really practical explanation of what it looks like to abide, love God and love your neighbor. Abiding in the vine in the love of the vine, in the vine who is actually love, should naturally spill over to love of others and love of our neighbors. So abiding requires dependence. Abiding produces fruit. Abiding is reciprocal. And abiding has missional implications. So I just wonder... In conclusion, can we find freedom in this reality that our work is not to produce, but to abide and trust the vine and the vine dresser for the produce, for the production of the fruit? 
The Porter's Gate has a song called In the Fields of the Lord. And the second verse to this song says, In the vineyards of the Lord, our work is light. He is tending every leaf and every vine. In the vineyards of the Lord, in the vineyards of the Lord, our work is light. I think that speaks for itself. So Mission Cleveland, may we seek not to love, but to abide in the vine who is love. May we seek not just to be joyful people, but to abide in the one who is the source of all joy. May we seek not to be peaceful or even just to attempt to be peacemakers, but to abide in the Prince of Peace himself. And so on and so forth. You could go through all the fruits of the Spirit, all the things we've talked about, and the reality holds true. Abide. Remain. Stay, surrender, dwell. This is the work of the branches. And what I think is interesting is that if you think about when Jesus says this, this is preceding his death and his resurrection and his ascension. And it's as if he's giving us these instructions saying, I know you're confused. I know you don't want to be without me. I know you don't understand why you can't go with me and all this seems mysterious. But here it is. Here is how you can remain connected to me. Abide in me, the true vine. So circling all the way back to this reality of rogation Sunday and the rogation days coming up in the next few days, this is a Sunday to ask. So I just want to end with a prayer of asking. So Lord, we just come before you, our vine dresser and our true vine, and we ask for your help to abide in you. Let us not forget, Lord Jesus, that our work is not to produce the good fruit. That is your work. Our work is to abide in you, to remain in you, to know your words, to be at home with you, to obey your commandments. Lord, would you correct us in the places where we've attempted to bear fruit on our own? Would you show us what it means for each one of us individually to abide with you in this season of our lives? We are so grateful for you, Lord Jesus, our true vine. We give you praise and thanks for the ways that you constantly tend to us and prune us and care for us and love us. Your presence abides with us. There is nothing sweeter than that truth. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Speak truth to my heart. Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.